Welcome back to another Velveteen Dream experience. Way back in episode 2, we joined him on the first leg of his quest to forge his own pro wrestling identity when he combined a Prince impression with incredible character work and a surprising amount of heart to take a Dutch black metal kickboxer to the absolute limit. He was a very street fighter. Dream lost that match, but he got his opponent and the world to say his name. A few months later, he was one of the fastest rising stars in all of wrestling and needed a new foil to spur the next phase of his evolution. Enter Ricochet, a physical marvel who looks and moves like a real-life superhero. Instead of matching his charisma and psychological gamesmanship against his rival's unparalleled athleticism, though, Velveteen Dream decided to prove that he could do anything Ricochet could, but better. It was... a bold strategy. On top of all that, it's a prince impersonator doing battle with a guy who used to wrestle under a mask as Prince Puma. This week on I Hate Wrestling, it's the Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet. Two princes. off to a great start we're off to the best start Duh. nicole welcome back to the show thank you matt I'm very happy to be back it's been far too long it, it has been a while it's been a while and you now are joining a relatively exclusive fraternity right i mean how many this is your third episode right yeah and Ooh. we haven't had all that many three peters tara's been on three times ahmed's been on three times and I think that's it. Can that be right? Are you are you pulling it to third place? Oh my god! For now, temporarily third place. I'm gonna come out on top. Well, <laughs> well, we have discussed we have discussed a few a few different uh, episodes that you wanted to do down the line. You started out with Gold Dust. Yes. Your uh, your fave. Yes, absolute favorite. And from there, we were planning on doing a whole sort of series about the Rhodes family, including Goldust's father, Dusty Rhodes, and his younger brother, Cody. And then um, you expressed some interest in maybe doing some uh, some women's wrestling at one point. Yep. And then also, you have volunteered to take over the sort of character arc of the Velveteen Dream, which is... Yes. How we have gotten here today. Yes, and I will just first go on the record and say that the reason that I volunteered to take over Velveteen Dream, because you're probably going to ask me anyway, uh, is that I love Prince. <laughs> I love Prince like more than anything in the entire world. So if there's a Prince knockoff wrestler, I am so about that life. <laughs> He's not only a Prince knockoff wrestler. I don't care. I think, I said this, I think, in a previous episode where I was talking about the Velveteen Dream, and I, it might have been in one of your previous episodes where he just came up in passing, and I explained that he's not just like a Prince wrestler, he's like, there's also some Adam West Batman, like if there was an Adam West Prince villain. Right, 
which, as another one of my very favorite things of all time, is Batman. And right. I, I don't know if I've, I've raised this to you or if I just thought this myself at one point, but I saw the original Batman as a kid, and I don't know if my love for Batman came because Prince did the soundtrack or if I love Prince because he did the Batman soundtrack. So I don't know which came first. It's a real chicken-egg Batman-Prince situation <laughs> for my life. But... So you've got you've got Prince, you've got Velveteen Dream, you've got Michael Keaton Batman, you've got Adam West Batman, and they're all just sort of knocking around like bricks in the same washing machine here. Right. So everything I've ever wanted, <laughs> basically. And uh, Velveteen Dream is also sort of the modern take on Gold Dust. Yes. To to rewind a little bit and talk about some of the glories and also misgivings that we had in the gold dust episode. I think you would agree that he was a really cool and transgressive character in a sort of sanitized Saturday morning cartoon landscape, but there are also some sort of distressing things about gold dust. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't mean like in a fun way. I mean no. like in a sort of gay panic way. Yes. Where, you know, it's cool to see a character who is pretty visibly queer. It's also distressing to see him exclusively as a villain and a psychological manipulator. Right. And have this be a a spooky, scary kind of right. thing. Right. We don't want that. Yeah. Right. I agree with you. <laughs> right. So it's cool to see... Uh, to see Goldust kind of throw homophobia back in the faces of, you know, Razor Ramon with his, his uh, oozing machismo and, and all that that we saw back in the, uh, in the early 90s that wouldn't necessarily work today. Right. So the version of that that we have with the Velveteen Dream is very much, I think, if we're taking anything from Prince, other than everything... <laughs> It's the just sort of unapologetic existence as self. My favorite part of Prince, so yes. Just like th he's this creature, this being unto himself, and sort of has his own rules. <laughs> yeah, I caught a glimpse of that in the homework a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I, I, just, okay. I just thought of the... The story, I think it was Kevin Smith told the story. Kevin Smith filmed a documentary about Prince, which no one is ever going to see. Which is horrible, because I would watch the shit out of that. Right, but Prince was just like, hey, Kevin Smith. He liked, like, mall rats or something, and had Kevin Smith make a documentary about his life, and was like, thanks for making this for me, Kevin Smith. I'm going to put it in a vault and show it to no one ever, and then die. <laughs> That's very Prince. But... The one story that he tells is that Prince, at some point, just like woke up in the middle of the night and decided that he wanted a llama, right? Or a camel? <laughs> Something like that, sure. And like called, called up one of his assistants and was like, get me this camelid, this, this hoofed mammal. I, I need one. And they had to try to explain to Prince why that wouldn't work. Why you can't just get a camel or llama or 
uh, right. alpaca or vicuña or uh, what's the other one? Uh, Juanaco. Um, you just can't get these things at you know the corner store. Yeah. And Prince was just confused because when you're Prince, you can essentially get anything you want. It's just like time, right, no na- matter what, right, you're Prince, right. Name your price. I will have this ungulate. <laughs> He had no concept of what he could or couldn't do. And I think that's part of what shines through in the Velveteen Dream. All right, now you brought up the homework yourself, and I'm curious to hear why. Um, he's definitely a character. Yes. I'll put it that way. He has a similar diction and speech pattern to Prince, I noticed, actually. Like, the way he talks about himself and, like, the third person. I don't think Prince ever talked about himself in the third person, or if he did, he did it as an in-joke on, like, being Prince. Right. But Prince had this kind of slow, deliberate way of talking at certain points, which is part of what Chappelle made fun of in that infamous sketch. You right. Know, he's... Game. Blouses. Blouses. Right. <laughs> Velveteen Dream was like, I am the Velveteen Dream. And this is how I talk. And I was like, oh, all right, so you're, you're Prince, got it. Yeah. Um, and, and that he, and even in his little analogy, he's like, if I could be royalty, I would be a prince. And I was like, yeah, no shit, you already are Prince. Like, <laughs> right. you know this already. The, the, the heavy purple motif, you know, anytime they have him, you know, they show him he's coming out you know, you've got this deep violet light and he's walking through this purple fog. Yes, and, and he has the glasses. And at one point he kind of looked like Jimi Hendrix. I think they threw a little Hendrix in there too, but... Yeah, he's kind of a melting pot. Yeah, uh, and he's like writhing on, you know, the mat on the floor. And I was like, wow, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is not subtle. No, no, they're they're really going in on it. I mean, not that professional wrestling is ever really that subtle, but no. even more so. Certainly not. The dream is not the avatar for uh, subtlety, we'll say that. Um, so, in the homework, we saw the Velveteen Dream sort of targeting, apropos of nothing, another wrestler. Yes, Ricochet. Ricochet, who... By all accounts, seems like a very nice young man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, his flips and stuff. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he, he is crazy athletic. Yeah, he is an unsettling athlete. Yeah. Holy shit. He looks like if you wanted him to, like if there was another person who could, who could match him, he could straight up have a Dragon Ball Z fight above the ring if you wanted to. Yeah, I believe that a hundred percent. And his whole story that he's telling is how hard he's worked to get to NXT, to get under the WWE umbrella, to get on a national stage. And they show all these clips of him sort of wrestling in progressively more impressive arenas. Right, and flipping a lot. And flipping a lot. But he's sort of working his way up to a national stage, and his whole narrative is... Finally, I'm here, and I'm going to make a name for myself at all costs. Yeah, and the Velveteen Dream is like, I am here because I am here, 
and I didn't have to work because I am the gift. Right. I just am. <laughs> right. And you are below me. Everyone is below me. And now blow me. Right. <laughs> his, whole, his whole idea is it's very nice that it took you 15 years to work your way up here. It took me three months to get here because I have it. Exactly. And you will never have it. It. Right. Exactly. So, so his whole argument is, well, it's very impressive and a very cool story that Ricochet has made it here. He's taking offense to the idea that they're on the same level. Yes. He is above everyone. Right. Now, I'm going to, in a sense, side with the Velveteen Dream here. Because I think while Ricochet is an incredible performer, I think Velveteen Dream is correct in saying that he doesn't necessarily have it, it that inborn star factor. Right. And he's right. It took him 15 years to get here. Yeah, the dude started wrestling when he was like 15, I guess, right? Jesus, yeah, he had to. And, he's not that old. Right, and the Velveteen Dream is like, yeah... I just decided to do this, and I'm already as good at it as you are, and I've been doing it for, like, six months. Yeah, exactly. And he's right. <laughs> In a performance standpoint, he's correct. Yeah, However... maybe not physicality standpoint. Right. Except what he decides to... He decides to not just say that I'm maybe better at being a personality being a more magnetic, charismatic personality. He doesn't just say that because that's pretty much objectively true. You know, we see Ricochet do this interview and he seems like a nice kid, but he doesn't seem to have much of a personality aside from being happy to be there. Right. You wouldn't want to see Ricochet buy groceries, but if you're like, Hey, I have footage of the Velveteen dream at the grocery store. I would watch the shit out of that. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love to see that. Do you have that? <laughs> <laughs> Bonus clip? I, I don't have that. But Damn it. I would I would pay so much money to see the Velveteen Dream anywhere, like in any circumstances. Um, and Ricochet doesn't necessarily have that. I would pay money to see him jump off of something. Yeah, that was cool. Off and, the ladder, that was nuts. Yeah, and land gracefully, but yeah. not necessarily anything else. So... Velveteen Dream goes a step too far in saying that not only is he better than him at the character part of wrestling, he says to Ricochet, anything you can do, I can do better. Which no one has ever said before the Velveteen Dream, by the way. He made that up. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> it's all him. And it's absolutely not true. Like, oh, not even close. No, there, it's, it's absolutely not true. And... The fact that he says it is just peak Velveteen Dream. Also peak Velveteen Dream is the part where Ricochet points out that he got discovered from being on a reality show, which is true. He was on the WWE Tough Enough reality show as Patrick Clark, just like a guy. And they figured they saw a spark of something. They brought him on and, you know, he became the Velveteen Dream. And in fact, that was kind of the basis of the previous Velveteen Dream episode where he just sort of came out as this character and his opponent, Alistair Black, was refusing to acknowledge him and wouldn't say his name. And Right, I remember this. Right, and the narrative of that match was all about 
Velveteen Dream saying, you know, demanding, say my name, say my name, like demanding this sort of respect and recognition. And by the end of that match, he got it. Yeah, like Beyonce. Right. So here, (laughs) Velveteen Dream uh, is claiming that, you know, he just was birthed into the world fully formed, you know, springing like Athena from the head of Zeus. Right. And Ricochet is like, actually, no, we all saw you as a dork on this reality show. Yeah, and he's like, we don't talk yeah. about that. The dream has no memory of that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> the dream has no memory. Right. Very so, meta. Dreams don't have memories. Put that down there. Anyway. So that's sort of the, the dichotomy between these two characters. You have Ricochet, who very clearly is without physical equal. Nobody can do what he can do. And he's pointing out that Velveteen Dream is a creation, a not a genuine, not a genuine personality, like an interesting personality. But he's trying right. to say that, yeah, you're you're cultivated, you're a creation, just like anything else. And the Velveteen Dream is saying, you're wrong, and I'm better at everything than you. <laughs> mm, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did he watch Ricochet all over 15 years, you know, slamming off ladders and shit? Because I think he should have, you know, done his homework a little more before he's like, fuck you, I'm better than you at everything. Right. uh, Pretty sure Ricochet has like a 14 pack. Yeah, it's it's obscene. (laughs) He's got like obliques that wrap around his body and connect to his his shoulders. Yeah. He's he's built like... uh, I'm not even sure what he's built like. He's built okay. he's built like a Rob Liefeld drawing or something. It's crazy. The man is cut. I can't even. It's like cheekbone and then just abs all the way down. All yeah. the way down his neck. All the way he's, down his he's got abs on his legs. Uh-huh. All, everywhere. He's got an extra leg that's just abs. I don't know. <laughs> he's got it in a chest backstage if he needs it. Right, he's got back abs. He's got everything. <laughs> Just so crazy. To sort of put a, to put an exclamation point on that at the end of the homework, the Velveteen Dream is sort of walking out in intoning once again, like anything you can do, I can do better. And Ricochet, without missing a beat. He's in the ring, and Velveteen Dream is walking down the ramp, and Ricochet just without, seemingly without effort, just runs up to the ropes, flips in midair, lands on his feet, and just stands there with his hands outstretched. Like, Uh what? What? And to his credit, Velveteen Dream sells this so well, he just, like, stares at him with his mouth open. Oh, yeah, he, like, he's never seen anything like that before. He looked like, oh, fuck. Because of course he hasn't. Yeah. He can't do that. No, nobody can do that. No. Gymnasts can't even do that. They all have land with a little hop. This guy was just like, oh, Yeah, just landed flat on his ankles and then just arms straight out to the sides like, what? (laughs) Come at me, bro. And that's sort of the last image that we see. And the implication is that the Velveteen Dream is setting himself up for a nasty fall. Yes. Um, it remains to be seen if that will happen, because we saw last time that he is very wily. He has incredible instincts. And 
He is skilled and tough and strong beyond his years. Uh, you know, he's only, I think at this point, like 24 or something. Jesus Christ, really? I know. He looks a lot older. He <laughs> <laughs> is not the most youthful appearance they could have given him. No, no. But he, <laughs> the dude is... Uh, the, the dude looks like he's been through a lot, even though he hasn't. So, you know, it kind of helps along this this idea that he was just sort of born this way. True. Um, trademark Lady Gaga. I was going to say, yeah, Velveteen Gaga. Well, I think I think there's maybe a little bit of, of Lady Gaga in terms of the sort of cultivated presence, this sort of living brand that's a lot of pop icons these days. It's Gaga, it's Beyonce, it's, you know, uh, what's her name? Lana Del Rey. Right. And it's, he's, you know. He's very consciously stepping into that tradition, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Prince cultivated his image. Again, yeah, make this huge documentary about me and fuck you, no one's ever going to see it, bye. Right. <laughs> Get me a llama and an ocelot at 3 a.m. I don't <laughs> care, I'm Prince. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll feed him organic pancakes. Who cares? I'm Prince. It's fine. <laughs> Velveteen Dream should have ridden uh, a llama to the ring. He should have. That's a missed opportunity. Oh, oh, speaking of wildlife. Okay. <laughs> there is uh, one, more, one more wrinkle to this match, and that is that one of the steps that Ricochet took along this journey was into the world of Lucha Underground. Where he was known as Prince Puma. That's awesome. He was Prince Puma. He was the heir to the uh, heir to the the Puma clothing company, shoe company, Fortune. <laughs> yes. Yes. Prince Puma. Got he was it. a Fortune 500 luchador. Um, <laughs> but no, he was he was heir to the I think Panther tribe. And oh, Wakanda forever. <laughs> yes. Essentially, Lucha Underground is pretty is pretty Black Panther. Yes, um, but he was the first Lucha Underground champion, Ooh, and damn, yeah, and he had quite a quite a run there before uh, he finished out his his contract and then signed up with NXT. So before NXT, Lucha Underground was his biggest sort of national exposure, mm-hmm. and as Prince Puma, he was sort of a mute protagonist, you know, he would respond to other people and he would nod and, but he wouldn't really speak. Okay. And he had, you know, uh, a whole leopard or I guess it was uh Mexico. So I guess it was a Jaguar <laughs> themed outfit where he had like, uh, you know, these yellow spotted tights and a mask with, uh, you know, with spots on it, and he would come with this, uh, you know, a fur Coke cape. Stole something. Right, it. right. So that was sort of something that we weren't supposed to talk about. Because, you know, it's, you know, that's another character. This is Ricochet. You know, WWE couldn't show any footage of Lucha Underground. But right. in the homework, he says something about Ricochet being a pretend prince. Oh, that's right. So what he's doing is making a sly reference to this ah. guy sort of infringing on his princeness. 
so meta. It's very meta. One last thing, and this is this is going to come into uh, come into play costume wise. Yes, costumes. Is that right around this time? Hulk Hogan. Uh, this was during the period when he was desperately trying to get back in WWE's good graces before he died. <laughs> who never heard of him? What? Hulk? What? <laughs> yeah, Hulk. Hogan? Hulk. Who? Racist sex tape. What? Um, so. You know, there was a time he's back. He's back in their good graces now, but yeah, for just say you want to fuck your daughter and you're fine, right? Then you can be president. Sure. Anyway, yep. <laughs> yep. Two very orange, very upsetting WWE Hall of Famers with some very blonde fake hair. Yes. So around this time, Hulk Hogan was essentially looking for any way to interact with WWE. He was a persona non grata, and he was just trying to latch onto anything popular WWE was doing and get himself trending on social media in relation to it. So around this time, the Velveteen Dream was one of the, you know, the big favorites sort of coming up, uh, especially on social media. You know, he has a huge following. And Hulk Hogan decided to tweet out that, you know, retweet if you think Hulk Hogan should manage the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> oh my god. And first of all, can you think of anyone on in the world who needs a manager less than the Velveteen Dream? Like No. No, nobody needs someone representing their brand for them less than the Velveteen Dream. No. Unless he got unless he literally got gold dust. That would be pretty That's cool. True. That but, would be awesome. Yeah. Hulk, Hulk Hogan is not... First of all, Hulk Hogan is notorious for stealing people's spotlight. And it was a... What? Yeah, a, a naked... Not naked in the normal Hulk Hogan way. Naked <laughs> sort of attempt to latch onto something popular and co-op that popularity for himself. It's what he does. It's what he's always done. So he immediately... He really is a middle-aged white man. Right. Sorry. And he tried to get this 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 Twitter campaign going to like uh, get Hulk Hogan to be Velveteen Velveteen Dream's manager, and Velveteen Dream essentially responded by saying, "No thanks, Terry," which is just <laughs> fucking nuclear option. Oh my god, I love this man. <laughs> dead, dead named him and everything like. Yikes. Oh, that's so good. So, yeah, that's sort of the, uh, I think, the last the last bit of trivia that goes into this. Uh, because uh, I think you're going to be very impressed by Velveteen Dream's costume choices in this match. Yes. You know, that's my favorite part. Okay, so do you have any other thoughts about Velveteen Dream, about Ricochet, about... Prince Puma about Hulk Hogan. Oh, well. Um, ugh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> that's the, the general overriding thought with that specific man. Just ugh, ugh. Hogan. Ugh. Um, I'm excited to watch this because, yeah, I, I they obviously set it up that the dream is the bad guy, or at least the really stupid guy, <laughs> for being like, hey, You've been doing this for 15 years. I'm an idiot. I'm going to challenge you when I've been doing this six months because I have it factor. It's like, right, 
you have it factor and I don't disagree and I would watch you do anything. I'd love to see you in like a Mr. Rogers remake. (laughs) (laughs) The Velveteen Dream neighborhood. Like, come on. Oh, that would be so good. Imagine the puppet world and shit with the train and like Velveteen Dream. (laughs) All the puppets have the exact same voice. (laughs) Exactly. There's no no change, you know? I would love that. I wanna see I wanna see Velveteen Dream start a beef with King Friday because Because princes are better than kings, like he exactly. said. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, you stupid motherfucker. You're a king. I'm a prince. I'm better than you. And the king is like, hi, kids. <laughs> <laughs> say something about you know ricochet calls himself uh a king but it's like what is the difference between a king and a prince a king is old and tired right and easily overthrown or something like that and the prince comes up and takes the crown it's like well now now you're a king yeah but (laughs) semantics i suppose right Uh, but no i think i think it's it's worth pointing out that that doesn't really make sense because I think what we're supposed to take from Velveteen Dream at this point is that he's a little bit out of his depth. He knows what he's supposed to be doing, but isn't necessarily doing it at the best times or in the right context. Right. So he's still he's still learning. Yeah, and, and I, I, I get his point about, you know, having the star factor, the it factor, that thing. Because, yeah, he does have that. Again, I want to watch him do... I want to watch him at the DMV, like, getting pissed in line, you know? Like, I, I we, being like, damn, Carol, why yeah. is this taking so long? Like, we, we have a new license here for uh, Mr. Patrick Clark. The dream has no memory of that person. <laughs> exactly. It's the dream. Velveteen dream. Like, okay, but which know. is your first name? The dream Doesn't is not matter. understanding the question. <laughs> he's also, he's very much Lucille Bluth in a lot of ways. Yes! <laughs> I don't understand the question, and I will not respond to it. (laughs) It's a banana, Michael. How much can it cost? Ten (laughs) dollars? I don't care for Ricochet. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) For five minutes before, I like all the wrestlers. I don't care for Ricochet. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so he's very much Lucille Blue meets Prince, which is a combination I didn't know I needed in my life. Well, but I'm happy it's happening. But it, but it's also at the same time really fucking stupid to be like, hey, you, guy with like 18 abs and who can backflip off an elephant into, you know, I don't know, a pool of jello and land on his feet. Yeah, I'm going to challenge you to a backflipping into a pool of jello fight. Right, because you've been doing this for 15 years, which, yeah, okay, you didn't get as famous as me as fast, but. Holy shit, that's a lot of wrestling in 15 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, if, I'm an idiot. If you look at if you look back in the day, right, think about think about other great rivals. Think about like The Rock and Mick Foley. Right. Right, The Rock had more star power and you know could really nail those catchphrases, but he was never like, "Hey Mick Foley, I challenge you to a fight where you win by falling off a cage into a pile of thumbtacks." Right. <laughs> You know, you you pick your battles and you realize that people bring certain things, you know, styles make fights. Not everybody has to be the best at everything. Right. But perhaps that's a lesson for the Velveteen Dream to learn. 
Yeah, that might be what he has to learn in this match. <laughs> I don't predict him winning as much as I love this character and want to watch him be just batshit insane in every situation. Uh, they definitely set him up as the bad guy, and that is one thing is WWE tries to let the good guy win as much as possible, unless it's going to advance the storyline until the good guy wins in an even greater battle. Sure. Um, oh, you've seen this before. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I've never done a podcast in my life. Shut up, Matt. Oh, um, the, other, the other thing I did want to say is that the other two matches that you've watched have been... You haven't seen anybody like Ricochet or anybody like Velveteen Dream, right? You saw guys sort of in in their mid thirties. Yes. Uh, and then in, in Grandpa Fight, you saw Ric Flair and the Undertaker, who were in you know their forties and fifties. Yes, it, that was very bloody. That was very bloody, but not necessarily athletically taxing. Oh no, that was just punching. Right. So I, I I'm going to be interested in your take to see this as compared to the other two. Oh, so wait, I'm actually going to see, like, real wrestling this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've seen you've seen what Ricochet can do. Yeah. <laughs> He's I about to do it. In the homework. Because, yeah, you're right. The first one was Goldust just, like, pretending to be a sissy and, like, ninnying about. And, like, yeah. a lot of... And then, like, five minutes maybe of wrestling. Uh... And then the last one was just straight up punching in the face for, like, 25 minutes. Right. So there's a... There's a... This is going to be an interesting third act for you. Yes. Okay. Also, is this like an SNL where, you know, they, they host a certain number of times, and then there's like the lounge and the jackets and stuff? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be, you're, you're Paul Simon, I guess. I don't know. Can I be John Goodman? I like John Goodman. You could be, jo- you could be John Goodman. Cool. Awesome. You got it. You're John Goodman. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Put in my time. I'm done. Um... Do you have the Do you have the video that I sent you for the uh, for the match? Okay. Do you have the sound off? Yes, I do. Okay. So we are watching uh, Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream. This is from NXT Takeover Chicago Two, the second one. <laughs> the seconding. The seconding. Okay. You ready? Yes. In three, two, one, and go. Okay, so it looks like we are getting Velveteen Dream first. Yeah, oh, there it is. One thing I will say about the Velveteen Dream, I think the logo needs work. It looks like a perfume label. Yeah, it does. He should have his own perfume. Oh, I would buy the shit out of that. Oh, look at the t-shirt, the ripped fringe, the pants! So he's immediately coming out, and he's doing the Hulk Hogan "I can't hear you" gestures with the Hulk Hogan boa, with the Hulk Hogan feather boa, uh-huh. with with a a sexy crop top Hulk Hogan sleeveless tee, airbrushed to read "Dreams Still Over." Oh my god! He's got the Prince Third Eye glasses. Uh huh. Direct ripoff. Direct ripoff, and the tights. Leopard print. Oh I, 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 the tights. I can't stop. I want them for myself. He almost looks like he murdered a bunch of Pikachus and like <laughs> made them into an outfit. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> this is, this is almost an exact replica of Prince Puma's tights. Oh shit. 
and here with the into the uh, the Randy twirling. Savage, the Macho Man Randy Savage twirling, and the uh, and the pointing to the sky. That's a Randy Savage reference, and they're not oh, only yeah. one upping Eternal One Upper Hulk Hogan by ripping not only the shirt but also the boa. Yep, that's badass. Oh, is he braids? Nice. Yep, yep, and here he is uh, doing the Hulk Hogan, uh, the Hulk Hogan I can't hear you gestures, just. So such a such a beautiful fuck you to Hulk Hogan. You mean Terry? Terry, yeah, fuck you, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love his weird scaly boots too. Yeah, he's got an interesting sense of style. Oh my god. Oh, this is so great. Oh, ugh, being creepy on the girl. All right, I don't like that so much. He's, I, I, I'm, I'm going to choose to read that as he was not even acknowledging that she was there and wanted to get up on this turnbuckle <laughs> oh, that's very possible. to do his yeah. posing for the hard cam. And as far as he's concerned, she's not even there. He's got to get on that hard cam to do his Hulk Hogan poses. Yeah, and that is what he's doing. My God. Fuck you, Terry. Fuck you, Terry. Yep. That's and, what I'm imagining is actually playing over the loudspeaker yep. the whole time. And he's no actually, music. he's doing a very Hulk Hogan thing too, which is hogging the spotlight. He's, he's milking his flex time, which is what Hulk Hogan would do. Mm-hmm. Now here we have Ricochet. Whoa. He looks like an Egyptian Pharaoh. Yeah. And kind of a superhero vibe also. Yes. Like it almost looks like, uh, he's Iron Man and he's about to get his, his armor put on him. Wakanda forever. Yes. He's standing in this lighting that makes him look like he's in goddamn Tron. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The dream just played on the table. Right. So kind of, kind of no selling what Ricochet's, uh, Ricochet's doing here. He's got, uh, he's got his, his cape with his wings, uh, on the back. He's, he's trying to be his, uh, his, you know, inspiring, awe-inspiring superhero character. And right. Velveteen Dream is just 100% not giving a shit. He's all about reclining on this. <laughs> reclining on the announce table. You know, as one does. God, look at that. One, two, three, four, five, six. He has at least eight abs, I just counted. At least. And uh, he's, uh, he's also, I don't know if you could see this, on the little star on his chest where his mm-hmm. arc reactor would be if he were Iron Man. Oh, my God. A little yes. KR, King Ricochet. Oh, my God, he does. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I like this animated graphic man, too. Oh, this that's, that's uh, that is Shinsuke Nakamura. He's cool. I like his funky little outfit. Oh, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura is great, too. Yeah, I like him. All right, now he's... Yeah, there he is. Yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura, if, uh, if, if you're unfamiliar with him, he's sort of like... Uh, a Japanese drunken boxing Freddie Mercury. <gasps> Another combination I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, I, I kind of really want to see a, a high stakes Nakamura versus a Velveteen Dream match. I think it would be incredible. Just so you know, I'm probably going to have that dream tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too. Yeah, cool. All right, we'll dream it together. It's good. All right, now they actually look like they might actually wrestle. Yeah, so now we're we're gonna we're gonna square off here. Ooh, Ricochet has cool boots too. I like those boots. Oh yeah. He's got cool boots. I mean cool golden black, almost lucha esque pants too, but I like the boots. Yep. And now 
this is this is a part that I think is really interesting. They're they sort of kiss. they no oh. they they look at each other and then past each other at the audience. And what I have to imagine is a conscious evocation of the face-off between The Rock and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18. It's one of the one of the all-time famous like face-offs. So I, I have to, even I've seen that one. Yeah, I think these two guys are are trying to say maybe uh, they're they're consciously trying to echo that to echo that right. Um, Hulk Hogan lost that match, by the way, and Ricochet cool. has and. Uh, and Velveteen Dream has chosen to embody Hulk Hogan, interestingly enough. Ah, uh, well now. Oh, look at that. He forces him into the corner and flexes. That's a big That's a big Hogan trademark. He would usually start a match by forcing his opponent into a corner and then backing off to flex. I mean, I can see why Hogan was like, yeah, you know, of everyone I could manage, this one. Yeah. <laughs> but I can also see how he was like, fuck you, Terry. I'm going to not do that. Right. I'm going to use your legacy as as storyline fodder for one match and then never think about you again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is a very not Hulk Hogan thing to get uh, to get immediately out wrestled. <laughs> Fair. It also something you'll never see Hulk Hogan do is remove his own do rag. <laughs> yeah, that was fast. Yeah. Hogan would usually wait for it to be knocked off. Um, but Velveteen Dream uh, pulled his off and threw it at Ricochet in an attempt to counter a hold. I don't think that's how that works. No, it, di- it didn't work super well. <laughs> I but mean, he's trying. God bless him. He's trying. So we saw that he was maybe a little bit stronger than Ricochet, but now we see Ricochet showing that experience oh. advantage. He's got 15 years of actual wrestling experience on the Velveteen Dream, so he's using it to kind of tie him into knots here. Yeah, as you think someone with a shit ton of experience would do. Yep, and I like that instead of trying to power his way out, Velveteen Dream is going to try to wrestle his way out. See, uh, going yeah. for a, going for a pinfall there because not this match for Velveteen Dream isn't just about winning; it's about proving that he can beat Ricochet at everything. Right, which and I I don't think he can, even though I love him. No, but at least he's trying. Right, uh, and see, he he keeps trying to wrestle him, but he he keeps going for the same basic hold, which is that side headlock. <laughs> he did just jump off the ropes and get him in the face, though. So that yeah. was good. no bounce off, not jump off. Right, There's it was no a, jumping yet. a shoulder block. Yeah, I, and uh, going for another one, and uh... <laughs> how many? Oh. See, he tried to tried to hit Ricochet with uh with a Ricochet style head scissors, but Ricochet just sort of flipped out of it. <laughs> yeah, got him down on his head. Jesus. Yep. Look at this, and then Ricochet flips over, rolls through, backflip. Wow. Oh backflip, God. bounce off the ropes, backflip, lands in an did, Iron Man pose. <laughs> did he be on the USA gymnastics team? I'm not even kidding. This man is like. And I, a top gymnast. I know he he flips and just look at the look on the face of Velveteen Dream, the frustration. Holy shit! All right, he's got some shoulder muscles. Good lord. Okay. And look at this. Ricochet is not going to press his advantage. He's going to allow Velveteen. <laughs> <laughs> so we also, saw. Go ahead. I like the re- I, they both just slapped each other. Yes. But- Ricochet's reaction was just kind of like, ooh, like a, like a slight, like, moved his head, like he got slapped, and Ricochet did, like, a full-on, like, 
Launched into the air by by just the sort of outrage of being slapped. Yeah. And here we see uh, uh, some some quick moves by Ricochet blocks another slap. Looks like we're gonna do a springboard off the top. Ooh. Oh. Right, so uh, Vel, uh, Ricochet was about to do a springboard off the top rope, and uh, Velveteen Dream took a shortcut and just sort of uh, bumped into the top rope, which disturbed his footing. He fell and hit his throat on the top rope, and now Velveteen Dream is back in control. So we saw this in the Aleister Black match. Also, and now we see... Uh, sort of the uh, the brawling style and the physical strength of Velveteen Dream sort of coming into play. But we saw that in the first Velveteen Dream match, which is that it's sort of as a as a uh, a parallel to his it factor that he just seems to get this is that he also has a very good sense of where he is in the ring. He may yeah. not be technically great, but he has a very good ring awareness and ring savvy. He always knows how to take a shortcut. He always knows where he can be to take advantage of the physics of the ring. Yeah, and he's just kind of brutal. Yes, he's also very mean. <laughs> he's, oh, God, he's just slamming him around now. Good God, he knocked him on the top of the head and just like yep. knocked him flat on his back. Jesus. Yep, and there we saw a little uh, sort of... Uh, Flipping move, and now I think consciously mocking Ricochet with that pose on the knees, and now, <laughs> and now he's doing yeah. this sort of sexy, hungry like the wolf, <laughs> stalking on his hands and knees, waiting for Ricochet to stand back up. Yeah, he was on a car in a 1980s music video. Yeah, he was. A uh, of water and soap. Oh, and here we go, shaking the ass oh. with a rude awakening. Oh. Uh, the signature move of my dude, ravishing Rick Rude. My ravishing Rick dude. Uh, if you don't have a shirt that says that, you need one. <laughs> and he's sort of uh, drops Ricochet, but uh, he he manages to escape the rude awakening. And nice. And Ricochet fighting back from underneath, but Dream uh, throws him, gets reversed, and now we're sort of taking a breather. Ricochet signaling that he's going to... Oh! <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying about the Velveteen Dream. He saw Ricochet was running towards the ropes, and instead of waiting for him to bounce off and counter, he hustled up and shoved Ricochet out of the ring. Yeah, through the ropes, a just bam! A very smart, unspectacular counter, and... Oh! <laughs> yeah, and then he sort of rushes up and does what we assume Ricochet was going to attempt, which was a, a springboard to the outside, and... And now Velveteen Dream is absolutely wrestling Ricochet's style of match and winning. It wasn't enough to get the three, though. Here we're going to see this instant replay of him sort of very beautifully tumbling over the top and now uh, grinding at Ricochet with this uh, interesting... Uh, I'm not even sure what to call this hold. It's not a chin lock. It's not a sleeper hold. I, yeah, this... Looks like he made it up himself. Maybe we'll call it the Purple Rain. <laughs> it's the Raspberry Beret. Yes, there we go. You're right. It's the 
Raspberry Beret. That's what it is. Yep. Okay, so now he's transitioned into a, into a, a rear chin lock. This is a, a sort of very uh, traditional, basic uh, hold that you would use to, to sort of grind the life out of somebody. And Jesus. it's, you know, the smart thing to do against a guy like Ricochet is to try to keep him grounded. But look at all those muscles on him. He is str- Oh, <laughs> that slap just knocks Ricochet straight down onto his ass. That was such a satisfying sort of sell. Oh, pushed Ricochet into the ropes, caught a kick on the way back. And now Ricochet seems like he has some room to move, which you don't want Ricochet to have. No. You don't want to give this guy any time. And no. that's just what he gave him. Yep. See, and now he's uh, sort of taking a page from Velveteen Dream's playbook, throws Velveteen out of the ring, and uh, Velveteen Dream was able to return, but now... Ooh! Ooh! Ricochet went for a, for an enziguri, a kick to the back of the head, but Dream managed to duck. Oh, that was good. And now... Lots of flipping. Yeah, lots of flipping. Again, a kick, and we see very... Ooh! Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, just did like a rapid somersault, sprung up directly into the air, and knocked him to the ground with a kick. And now this is what he's been looking for, a chance to sail through the air and essentially come down with all of his body weight on the Velveteen Dream. And it looks like he's finally got his opening. Here we go. And, oof! Ah, a dive right through the ropes, and he's... Looks like he's going for a second one. Uh, Bounce off the ropes. (laughs) Just... And landed on his feet, and now shoves Dream back in. And Dream is is badly reeling at this point. Yeah, I he is incredible. Seriously, he is. Yep, another he is like a friggin' gymnast. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Another slap swings through the ropes with a kick. Here's huh. the the springboard he was looking for before, and ooh, an How uppercut. The hell? <laughs> One, two, and the Dream kicks out. This man, they should call him the grasshopper. Although I do get why he's ricocheted. But, my God. Yeah, but now we're seeing some some replays of him sailing through and over the ropes. And just sort of bowling his opponent down. And this, just sort of leaping in the air, flipping in midair. It looked like he struck him with his shoulder and landed on his feet. Incredible. A, a desperation counter from from the Dream. Ooh, a neck breaker. From Ricochet, a shooting star press, flipping in midair. One, two, and the Dream escapes yet again. We learned in the in the Alistair Black match that he is very tough. He will take a lot of punishment before he goes down. This is... Speechless. This is ridiculous. Yep. Oh, look at that. Uh, it looked like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Velveteen Dream was able to counter using ring awareness, but. It didn't do much. Yeah. It, it looks like. Oh. <laughs> Ricochet was on the top rope, and Velveteen Dream was able to ca- <laughs> counter. Oh, God. 
knock him. He, he, he landed on the top rope, hit his taint on the top rope, then took a, a, a running punch, and now it looks like he's going to try to suplex Ricochet off the top rope. But takes just another slap and just collapses. Yeah, that's the thing with trying to throw Ricochet out of the ring is he's going to land on his feet. Yeah. He's a cat. Yep. And you hear, oh. Oh. He, he went to that counter, I think, one time too many. The sort of, when you're on the rope, I'm going to hit the top rope and make you lose your balance. That time, Ricochet managed to. Yeah, he saw it coming. And here we go. I think we're going to see. Oh, no, Velveteen Dream grabs him and, ooh, a Dream Valley driver off the top rope. Now, that is one of the biggest bombs in Velveteen Dream's arsenal. And it looks like, but he's just so tired. One, two, and Ricochet's out at like 2.99. But at this point, you have to ask yourself, if Velveteen Dream hadn't been trying to wrestle a style of wrestling that is not his own for the first half of this match, would that have been enough to hold Ricochet down? Right. You know, did he empty his tank too much by trying to prove a point at the beginning? Uh, it's possible, but... Jesus. And also, that last move he did, I'm going to call it a lady cab driver <laughs> after the Prince song. So, and so uh, here we go. Ricochet uh, is down. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Dream went up to the top rope to hit his finishing move, the Purple Rainmaker elbow drop. Naturally. Yep, but it looked like Ricochet was able to hit what is by now his signature counter, that sort of uh, rope disruption. And now, (gasps) Jesus Christ! The Velveteen Dream manages to grab ricochet and suplex him from the top rope to the floor not the mat people the floor yeah it's a 10 foot sheer drop oh shit how are they not broken like batman <laughs> like how is this not some dark knight storyline broken back crawl out of a tunnel you know hole yes a neither thousand feet in the earth <laughs> neither of these men have the other's permission to die just yet where is Ra's al Ghul? <laughs> and now these guys have 10 seconds to get back in the ring, and it looks like uh, they're already at an eight count. And the Velveteen Dream gets in, and Ricochet also gets back in. And Barely. just, yeah, Ricochet's taking a lot of damage, but look at how they're reacting in terms of exhaustion. Both guys have taken a lot of damage, but I think it's safe to say. Look at how fast Ricochet is still able to move. It looks like he might be hurt, but he still has more gas in the tank in terms of stamina. Yeah. Because they're... Oof. Yeah, both guys are, are badly hurt, but... Yeah, they're just kind of writhing around on the ground, not in a sexy way right now. Just kind of <laughs> like, oh, fuck. This might be sexy for some people. You don't want to kink shame. Don't, you're right. Don't, I'm sorry. Don't yuck anyone's yum. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. My bad. And look at this. They fight to to their feet, sort of holding each other up so they can <laughs> knock each other down. To quote Tenacious D, Ooh. that's fucking teamwork. Oh, oh and uh, Velveteen Dream, again, with the Dream Valley driver, one, two, and oh, Dream escapes 
yet again. Look at the referee holding his hands up to show how close it was. Yeah, that lady cab driver move is uh, pretty lethal. <laughs> uh, it's a it's kind of an appropriate name for a move because uh, because of his yellow tights, he kind of looks like a cab. See. Yep, and we're gonna see a replay. Look at how smooth this is with the cartwheel, and then just that's see, crazy. That time, right back over him. Yep, and that time he was way quicker to make the uh, to make the cover than he was when he did it off the top rope. Perhaps. Uh, Learning from his from his failure to put him away the first time. Yeah. That time, Velveteen Dream used the referee's belt to help stand up. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, jeez. And here we have just a slugfest. These guys are just... grandpa fights. Yes! <laughs> Sexy young grandpa fights. Hey. Boy yeah, fights. Don't... Speaking of arrested development. <laughs> <laughs> And these guys are just are just destroying each other. They can barely stand. Yeah, I'm surprised that it's still going on at this point. There's some literal backbreaking moves that have happened, and yet they're still going. I do respect the Velveteen Dream a hell of a lot. Yeah, he's doing an incredible job for somebody who's very new at this. And here we go. Yeah. This is it, a twisting DDT, one of his signature moves. That, oh, but... Oh. Ricochet yeah. counters, flips him with a suplex, God. a deadlift suplex. Oh, but his back gave out. Oh, he wasn't able to hit the whole thing. Dream with a sidekick directly to the head. Oh, <laughs> and a kick directly to the Dream's head. These guys are just murdering each other. An elbow. Dream up top. Ooh. Misses. Oh, no. Catches a clothesline. And now, what do we have here? We've got, there it is, spinning DDT. Ooh. Hold on a second. Can you pause? Uh, yeah, hold on. Ah. At, the uh, buttholes. Yeah, it's the buttholes. <laughs> I muted them earlier when we started. I was like, oh, no. Got to mute my butthole. <laughs> Chat. My butthole demons. Got to shut them up. Okay, so, so... I'm at 2651. 2651, okay. I can okay. rewind a little bit if necessary. Um, let's rewind to... <laughs> can you, can you stop? Matt, your butthole is so loud. Oh no. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> no, because I, I I thought I closed Facebook, but then it popped right back up again. Oh. Uh. I, how do I how do I mute you in my browser buttholes? Uh, go to settings. So the top of the little chat bar has like the weird spoke thing. Okay. Yes. So click on that, and then down towards the bottom, there should be like mute this chat or mute this conversation or something like that. Okay. 30 minutes ought to do it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to we're going to go back in time to 2644. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. 3 2 1 and 
So Dream hits the twisting DDT, goes in for the pin. One, two, and... Jesus. Yeah, it's... He looks like he's dying. He looks like he is Christ coming off the cross. Yeah. It's like a fucking pieta. <laughs> the ref is just down on the ground looking him in the eyes like, are you guys sure? Are you boys okay? <laughs> Who wants a snack? <laughs> you want some water? <laughs> they might want a smoothie. <laughs> a high protein smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> they do look parched. They're both so sweaty. Yeah, it's got to be hard to hold him down now because of that, too. God. Working up a black sweat, if you will. <laughs> Just a gentle slap. <laughs> he can't muster... He can't muster the energy to give... Oh, but it looks like he's powering up sort of for out of indignation. He's going to just verbally assault him yes. down. <laughs> How dare you make me eat my own words, he seems to say. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yes, exactly. It's very Nelson Muntz. Ah, uh, the Zoolander. Oh, is it Zoolander? It's Zoolander. It's also The Simpsons. See? Oh. So many good possibilities. Oh, shit. Oh, and then he hits... Oh. He hits Velveteen Dream's move, which is crazy satisfying, right? From what we've oh, seen, God. this whole thing has been about Velveteen Dream trying to wrestle like Ricochet. He stops taking Ricochet seriously. Ricochet hits him with his own move, and now we're up on the top. And Ricochet... Strikes a Velveteen Dream pose and goes for an elbow drop. Is he going to finish him with his own move? One, two. Oh my god. And he couldn't escape. And now it's Ricochet who can't believe it. This is the first time we've really seen this side of Ricochet, right? He's been so far kind of staying in his own lane, but now he's sort of buying into the Velveteen Dream's uh, mind games here. He's trying to beat Dream at his own game. Maybe losing sight of some of all that experience that he's uh, that he's got. You know, he should rem- yeah. he should be wrestling his own kind of match, not worrying about what Velveteen Dream is doing. And now look yeah. at this Dream oh gently rolling out of the way of Ricochet's finishing move, which is the six thirty splash. He can really only hit that at very close range because of how many rotations it has. So Dream feels like he's rolled out of the way. He goes for a shooting oh. star, but catches his knees in the rib cage. And there, one, two, and once again, Ricochet has escaped. Velveteen Dream oh. is like physically grabbing the referee to demand that <laughs> that was a three count. Oh my god. I, he literally looks like his legs are broken the way he's scrambling around and trying to get up the ropes. He's just like, ah. I know, and he goes up. Uh, he goes up top here. This is way out of range for his elbow drop. He goes for oh. it and misses. I was going to say, dude, he's too far away. You can't get him. Ooh. So he just elbow dropped his own Yep, elbow. He, he dropped his own elbow. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> I could tell. I'm not even, you know, I don't watch that much wrestling, but I was like, you know, dream, that looks a little far in your condition. Uh-oh. And here it is, the 630 oh. splash directly to the back. One, two, three. 
and that is it for the Velveteen Dream. The dream has ended. The dream has died. Uh, But he fought hard. He fought so hard. (laughs) Holy shit. What a match. Oh my god, they both look like... They look like hermit crabs that like came out of their shell <laughs> trying really to find do. the new ones, and they just can't. So they're just like, ah. oh. holy shit! Okay, this pretty much is the end of the match, so we can we can pause at this point. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so what did you think of Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream? Oh my god, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I yeah so it was a much longer match than I anticipated um, you know Velveteen Dream for being a real pompous dick really did put in the work oh yeah so, oh yeah I, if you were I, expecting him to not bring it you were sadly mistaken I, no I didn't think that not that I didn't think he wouldn't bring it I just didn't think he'd bring it on Ricochet's level, I guess. Right. You think you think it's this story is going to be about him getting utterly outclassed, and it's not that. It's about him try leaning too hard in uh, in a direction that he's not ready to lean in. But learning that, oh, okay, if he spent a little more time on this, he could lean in this direction comfortably. Oh, easily. He's and he's a very good mimic. Yes, is the thing, and he, he picks up on that, and that's part of the whole like natural star quality thing is that he he's very good at reading the situation and figuring out what his opponents you know moves and what they're going to do next and how to thwart them at least until he's you know half broken, right? Um, and that yeah, that's an essential skill for a wrestler to have, and that's why he rose so fast is that he could just figure it out because he's a great mimic. Because, again, he came out like he was Hulk, you know, was being Hogan for whatever reason, being Terry, just to spite him. And, you know, then was using Ricochet's own moves against him. But he got too carried away with it, and that was his downfall. Yeah, yeah. But now you get the idea that at the end of this match, he could pull out some of those high-flying moves against somebody who's not Ricochet and, you know, comfortably do it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He he doesn't flip quite as much. He may he needs a little bit more, you know. He needs to go to one of those trampoline parks. <laughs> right. Like, Sky zone. Know, yeah, flip for a couple hours, then he might get there. <laughs> well, I think I think yeah, it's 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 learning that you don't have to be you don't have to be a 10 at flying through the air. You can be an 8 and still be better than 90% of the population. Exactly. And it's also, and it's Oh, sorry. It's not about being the best at everything all the time. It's about being good enough at something at the right time. Right. And that's all. I I think that's what Velveteen Dream is learning in in this series of matches, in these big matches, as we're seeing him grow as a performer. It's about him learning when to do things and when to use his his mind games and when to just shut up and fight yeah and, really honing his craft right and you saw at the end his strategy of 
getting inside Ricochet's head was paying off. At the oh, end absolutely. there, at the end there, Ricochet was starting to doubt himself, was starting to doubt that, you know, he was going to be able to put away this guy. And it was only, it was Velveteen Dream's fault that he lost. He had Ricochet beat. He was up on the top rope, but he decided to try to jump across the ring instead of choosing a closer turnbuckle to jump off of. Yeah, and instead just smashed his own elbow. Right. He had he had victory within his sights, but instead of realizing that the mind games and the one-upsmanship had put him in a position to get his opponent in checkmate, he went to the well one too many times. It's like blackjack. You know, yeah. he was right there, but he decided to draw one more time and came up short. So it, it's not anything other than experience that he's lacking at this point. Well, you know what, Matt? The what? dream has no memory of that. <laughs> huh. I, but that's the thing. He, the dream does have memory of that. And maybe next <laughs> yeah. time, maybe next time he'll know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like this is probably memorable for him more than, than other things. Uh, and I, I just want to say real quick, my, my pause, cause you know, there's like a minute left of the match technically, but my pause screen has both a woman in an Austin 316 shirt in the background. And I noticed that, uh, the Velveteen dreams tights, kind of look like the carpet from the hotel in The Shining. <laughs> kind of. But only in like orange and yellow instead of the reds. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> really important information. <laughs> Thank you so much. You. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Just so that people understand kind of the, the, the pattern on the pants. The pleating. The pleating on the pants. So did you, did you have any other thoughts about the match? Uh, that was really fun. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Like, it's real fucked up, and I should not get as much enjoyment out of it as I did. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I really... Yeah, it was very different from the other two matches that we've watched together. Definitely. Um, so, In a good way. So, so what do you think, what do you think uh, happened to these two guys after this match? I think they're both dead. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, both, they both died. They both died from internal bleeding <laughs> and broken backs and maybe some smashed dicks. I don't know. I think smashed might... dicks. <laughs> no, I think what really. Although that reminds me of a quick story one time where. Uh, oh, please tell me know... a quick smash dick story. Yeah. Um, Somebody. Well... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's, it's not a smash dick story, but as you know, I have degrees in English and one of the times I was in some like 18th century literature class and we were reading one of those long books about peasant life and whatever. And I was like, God, this is boring. And we're reading about it in class and we're talking, we're having group discussion about this book, you know, like an Adam Beeb like book. Mm -hmm. And I still don't remember what it was. Maybe it was Adam Beat. I don't know. And the professor came over, and we're like halfway through the book, and she comes over and she asks the group, she's like, so what do you think's going to happen? And I just go, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> really cranky. Turns out, almost everybody in the book dies. Sure. 
I was right. And because she was like, ha ha, that's funny. And then like two weeks later, I came into class. I was like, I was fucking right. Everybody dies. <laughs> How dare you? So that's why also my go-to response is just everybody dies. Because sometimes I'm right. Um, I mean, eventually but... everybody dies. Exactly. But I think for realsies that uh, they both continue wrestling. I hope they have another epic showdown a couple years later, or if they haven't yet, that they do once uh, the dream has some more experience uh, and really hones in on his own style and just, you know, stops copycatting because I would watch the shit out of that match. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things about these epic Velveteen dream matches is afterwards. You're like, I want to see that again. Uh-huh. I want to see, I want to see, that's something you don't necessarily see a lot is a performer who grows this much within a single match. And you just think, I want to see the rematch. I yes. want to see these two guys wrestle again immediately when they're done. You're like, I would like to see this again, please. Yeah. Do they wrestle again? Is there another one? They have not had a one-on-one match since this point. <sighs> However, they did team up. Oh. Yeah, at uh, this year's Super Bowl, they had a halftime heat six-man tag team match. And one half of that match was Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, and Aleister Black, of all people. Holy shit. Yeah, teaming up against uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and Adam Cole, none of whom you've ever heard of. No, no I'm not ringing a bell, sorry. But this... Uh, uh, Velveteen Dream in that one uh, wore like football pants. Yes. You know, because it's a Super Bowl. Yeah, I was gonna say football jersey, probably you know sexually shredded. Yes. You know, you know what he's about. You know what the dream's about. Yeah, oh, I get the dream. But, I understand the dream. We but yeah, they sort of have uh, apparently made peace with their rivalry, and I thought it was really interesting, sort of maybe symbolic of how far he's come as a character and a performer. That not only is he sort of solidly a fan favorite at this point, but he was actually able to put his ego aside and team up with his first two major rivals in Alistair Black and Ricochet. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Good job, Dream. Yeah, he, he realizes that other people are allowed to be great without it threatening his own greatness. Aw. I also really hope that when they left the ring after this match, they were playing When Doves Cry over the speakers. <laughs> Just seems very appropriate. <laughs> but they're just like, uh, on the ground. And Prince of Overhead is like, eh! like <laughs> Yeah, I hope that happened too. I'm sure it didn't, but in my mind it does. It, well, it happened in your mind forever and always. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. yeah. So this has been another fantastic episode of oh. I Hate wrestling i want to thank nicole my guest oh thank you matt thank you for having me yet again of i am course. john goodman of i hate wrestling <laughs> I, want to thank, I like that i want to thank uh i want to thank uh corinne dodenhoff for designing my logo i want to thank the novas for the use of my theme song the crusher i want to remind you to like rate comment and subscribe on soundcloud on facebook on itunes 
I want you to visit me at ihwpod.com and I want you to visit me on Instagram at I Hate Wrestling and Twitter at IHWPod on IHWPod.com, my official store. I want you to buy bandanas for fat dogs. I want you to buy t-shirts. I want you to buy t-shirts, 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 bandanas for fat dogs, fat dogs, fat dogs, ties, mugs, stickers. What about skinny dogs? No. Matt? No. No. Okay. No. No. Fat um, dogs only. Fat dogs only. Um, Nicole, do you have anything that you want to plug? Uh, oh, um, no. <laughs> Just kidding. I, uh, you should definitely follow Matt on all of the social media things. Good call. Also, Matt, you don't even follow me on Instagram, so you should <laughs> fix that yourself. Thanks. <laughs> I follow I Hate Wrestling. I Hate Wrestling doesn't follow me. <laughs> I did a bad yeah. job. But if you do want to follow me for some reason, I don't know. Uh, you can. I'm at a torso boat on Instagram, and I don't tweet because I hate Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you you heard me right. A torso boat. You're welcome. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, I don't have to explain myself to you. <laughs> I I, w- I wouldn't ask you to. Aww. But what I would ask you to do is tell me. Nicole, if you were going to be a wrestler, what would your character be? So I have to think of a new one from my last two? Yeah. Dick Smasher. (laughs) Dick Smasher? Like, that's your name? Yeah, Dick Smasher. Like, hard-boiled private eye Dick Smasher? (laughs) Yeah, or the Dick Smasher, or um, Saucy Sauce. (laughs) Mayo, Mayo chup, chup fancy sauce. <laughs> Mayo chup, saucy sauce, dick smasher. <laughs> I'm going to smash your dick until it looks like a mixture of mayonnaise and ketchup. No, I'm going to smash your dick and then I'm going to dip it in the saucy sauce mayo chip. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> noise. <laughs> that was a prince noise you just did. I'm so proud of you. I'm crying like a dove. <laughs> you really are. That was good. <laughs> Sounds that doves make when they cry. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Why do these always end with us just like saying stupid shit and like uncontrollable laughter? That's how I. That's how I like to end it. That's how I. That's how I do. I didn't do that, but (laughs) I was, I don't want to say I was party to it, but I was there in the general area when it happened, your honor. Uh, (laughs) That is so upsetting. Uh, That's not the worst thing I've found at Lowe's. Well, now you have to tell me what it is. Way in the back by the cabinets, I found on the shelf... At like, a dead body. No, at like chest height, a soiled thong. Oh. 
Which is especially bad, because you can't... That's not keeping anything in. No. At the very at the very most, that's like sort of... Uh, like a Play-Doh playset situation, where it's just sort of bisecting... Shapes. Yeah, just making shapes. <laughs> like a pasta maker. 